This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. What is your name? Jim Stankowitz. What was that? Jim Stankowitz. How do you pronounce your... (laughs) Okay, Big Jim. And uh, how do you pronounce your last name? Stankowitz. Nifty. What is your uh, primary role in the line dance community, would you say? Uh, making sure that people that enter the ballrooms have their wristbands, as well as DJing for beginner room uh, all request areas. Hmm. <laughs> we have not had many all request room uh, DJs on the podcast. What, what are some of the responsibilities that that entails? Um, you're basically having a wide variety of music so that no matter who comes in, whether they be beginner or advanced, you have both country, pop, hip-hop, whatever the genre of music may be, so that you can have the dancers participate while they're in the room if they're waiting for things in the main ballroom or other breakout rooms. Is there a balance that you try to follow to keep everybody happy? As I'm sure you must be overwhelmed by a deluge of requests. You hope for a deluge of requests, and sometimes you have to uh, bring it out of the participants in the room. Um, But the preparation that goes into it is just again knowing a variety of music and styles and what's big in the uh, area that you're actually in what do they do what's popular on Carol Craven's newsletter for her weekly survey gives you a good idea of what you can expect people to come in and want to dance to Mm -hmm. and how long have you been a DJ for such rooms Uh, for such rooms only about two to three years how did you get involved in that uh, basically, for that, I became a D. De- well, I guess if you go back to the beginning, uh, in the middle of my college career, I was a DJ on the air, public mm. radio, um, in the city that I lived. Mm. And then from there, I started doing a couple weddings here and there. And just, I was passionate about music. So when you have that knowledge, people look to you. And when you have that music, they look to you to come in and help out. So it was a natural progression, and then once I became involved with line dancing, going back as many years as it was, Louis St. George was a DJ in a country bar, mm-hmm. and uh, he was very big in this area of the Northeast. That being said, you, look, you picked up on a lot of things, and then as I became involved in dancing, you start to learn, oh, this rhythm goes with this song, so I can use this how things mix and match, just the basics of line dancing in general. Mm-hmm. So then as you learn to instruct, um, it's applying one skill with the other so that you're DJing to answer, I guess, in this big loop of the question, uh, the response is that you do try to follow some kind of pattern so that it's a uh, rise and fall, not a waltz, but a rise and fall of your your beat so your dancers are up and they're moving and they're happy and then you bring them down a little bit and down a little bit you never want to have them at a peak speed and then slam on the brakes with a lyrical piece so that they're all of a sudden you know dead stop and sweating and panting through a beautiful dance mm-hmm. yeah i imagine that would be pretty awkward can be yeah. very much can be How they look at you funny yeah i'll bet how did you get involved with uh with line dance i did very funny story is that I dated a girl who didn't like country music and she would shut my radio off pop CDs out of my car and so after we broke up I said if I'm ever going to find a girl that will allow me to listen to music that I like in my own vehicle that's where I need to start Um, on my second visit to the bar I was introduced to pattern partner dancing 
like the El Paso or the Shadow, Blue Rose, various things that we do up here in the Northeast for years and years. And then the way that my mind works, I was watching the line dancers and said, oh, so it follows a pattern. Oh, that's where it restarts. And being a single guy, people try to bring you out on the dance floor with that great phrase, girls like guys who can dance. Yep. It's amazing. I liked it from the perspective that doing a two-step, you had three minutes, and as long as, as long as she said yes to the dance, you had that time to interact with her. Of course, after you learn the pattern, the rhythm of the dance, that you didn't have to say it over and over verbally out of your mouth and could actually then start carrying on a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I was introduced to one line dance, and then that became, oh, well, let me show you this one, and it kind of evolved from there. Um, Jason Cameron, uh, who runs this event, the Line Dance Showdown, was involved with a friend and co-choreographer with him, Jerry Seabee, at an event called the Cape Cod Classic, which was a couple miles from here. And after the Cape Cod Classic uh, ended, Jason took the event, if you will, and created the Line Dance Showdown. So it was just line dancing with social couples dancing, but the focus was on line dancing, which was basically unheard of at the time. And it was independent so that it didn't follow any guidelines from any one organization. It was what he and his fellow dancers wanted to do, which was dance and have fun and not be controlled or have their decisions contrived under some kind of guidelines. Mm-hmm. I did not know that that was the uh, the history of line dance uh, social dancing. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, because those are my favorite events. The ones that, because I'm not much of a two-step or, or West Coast swing, like freestyle partner dancer. I can do like drifter, cowboy cha-cha, what sure. I, it's, uh, known as traveling cha-cha in yes. places. And those are easy for me because mm-hmm. I just learn it once and I can do it forever. But with... Tuesday, you got to be like original and like come up with stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, that's not for me. <laughs> Again, uh, one of the greatest quotes that was ever said to me comes from uh, Rachel McInerney White, mm. and blown away as a, I'd say, beginner West Coast swing dancer. And she said, "Would you like to do West Coast with me?" And after I realized it was me she was speaking to, <laughs> I said, "Yes, but I only know." three moves and she said well then for the length of this song all I know is three moves so and it's great to have a responsive follower for your lead and that's part of the key of being a good lead is also feeling out not physically but in the dance of how do they respond to how you're leading what do they seem to be capable of and if they don't follow your lead you adjust and you say, okay, they're not ready to be spun around more than once. They're not ready to uh, change the direction that they're dancing in. Mm-hmm. And you adjust that way. But it's, and it's a great thing when you do connect, um, especially and even in line dancing. The more we grow, I feel it's our responsibility for the people that come behind us. Mm-hmm. So my first line dance is a dance that here in the Northeast is a Canadian stomp. And it's a great dance that you do to Shania Twain, which was the original choreography, or all the way out to Def Leppard's Pour Some Sugar on Me. Oh, I'll try that. As well, and of course, Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skinner. Mm. So there's a whole bunch of just dances that you can use for that. And uh, 18 
almost 20 years we're bordering on here, years later, I would still get up and work with someone to help them learn that dance. Mm. Just because that's, again, what I feel our responsibility is, mm. is to help them grow and bring them up with us and start with the basics, build the foundation, and grow. Mm. Um, unless you have a dance background, one doesn't just walk onto the floor doing uh, something from The Greatest Showman mm. that we've seen become so popular since the release of the movie. Mm -hmm. What would you recommend as some of those starter beginner dances that, that uh, show people what various styles in line dance are and uh, give them the sense that if they start here, they can go farther in that style? Like maybe just a, a line dance 101 sampler kit of dances that would benefit, for them, uh, benefit them to know. Well, some of this is actually bias and prejudice on my part. Oh, go for of it. What, of what I would say. And for me, I think all of us, whether we knew it or not, start with the absolute beginner dances. And to me, absolute beginner dances mean that um, you were wandering by and you heard music, so you walked through the door. These are songs like Cupid Shuffle and the Cha-Cha Slide and other dances that the dance tells you what you need to do. Mm -hmm. To the left, to the left, to the right, to the right. And it lays it out for you. And I think that's where anything should start, is at the beginning. And then you move up into beginner dances where it's a repeating pattern that you need to memorize. Mm -hmm. I say need. People like to follow other people, but then are we truly learning the dance mm -hmm. if it's not ingrained? And the more we do these dances, again, it becomes muscle memory. You know that for me, as being disabled, there's not a lot of dances that I'm physically capable of doing. But because of the background, I can talk you through it. I can walk you through it. I just can't always do it up to speed. I just can't do it for the entire length of the song. Um, but even with that, um, both the good and bad leg feel it in the thighs, in the quads, and just, you know what that feeling is when you're supposed to be pushing off or slapping your leg or, you know, flicking your heel. It all becomes rote memory mm -hmm. is really what it comes down to. And, again, personal bias, absolutely, you start at the beginning. I'm not going to sing because that's a very good place to start. Yeah. But you grow within that. But always don't leave when they say, okay, now we're going to take it up on the answer. Don't leave now that we're going to move up some. Mm -hmm. That's how you grow. And that's mm -hmm. because now, all of a sudden, oh, restarts. Oh, tags. Oh, this has more than one part to it. Mm -hmm. um, with a pattern-oriented mind, for me, some of that is easy. And again, as a DJ, you hear the music. And so a lot of times, and people will ask you, as you know, where does the dance start? So many dances of just a basic song, you can feel the rise and the swell and just know that it's coming. Uh, you just get that. Um, Fred Whitehouse choreographed a great beginner dance recently called Babylon. Mm. And then when you if you listen to the beginning of that dance, if you actually move your body with the roll of music, kind of like a wave, you know how many times that rises and falls before you start. Mm -hmm. And you just it cues you right in. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also a firm believer that before you learn how to do an extra spin or a rolling vine or a, a, a body roll, 
learn the basic things, know the basic things. Not to the point that you're so bored you don't want to ever do it again, but now you have the basics so you know if I want to do one spin, I want to do two spins, where do I need to wind up? Where's, where should I be when I'm done doing whatever move I want to do? Mm-hmm. Now, as a dance enthusiast who isn't always able to dance the dances at events, what makes an event worthwhile for you to go to regardless? Like, let's say, uh, you're, I guess if you're hired on an event, that's, a, that's just a given. You're, you probably want to show up to that. Uh, if you were just going socially, what would make that event something that you would still enjoy? What is offered and provided at such an event? I started line dancing in 2000 was when it was, and so my situation didn't occur until 2009. Mm-hmm. So I had almost a decade of dancing socially in the New England area, uh, traveling to different states to dance at events. So you develop, the only way to say it is the dance family. Mm-hmm. And you feel like when you do go to an event, it's a family reunion. And these are the people that you want to socialize with and you want to spend time with and learn about them, where they're from. Um, I've spent time in California, but I know just the geography. So meeting you or Megan or other people this weekend, I know, okay, so they're from this section and this is where they dance and things like your event stagecoach and just how big it is and what goes on there. So it's very interesting and it's very informative. Uh, for the geographic, and you just become friends with people. Um, back when I started, this whole internet thing mm. didn't exist, so where we have dances that just seem to come and go uh, based on the next event, based on the next uh, workshop, or whatever the per- choreographer wants to put out there, you had um, dances that got passed around on pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. That That's how you learned. And hopefully the person who wrote it down wrote it down correctly and every once in a while it would be a handwritten one on a sheet of notebook paper with corners missing mm-hmm. and maybe they had all the steps maybe they didn't and that's a lot of times how back in those days dances were different from club to club bar to bar class to class uh, again referring back to Canadian stomp the dance ends with where we are now two jazz boxes Go an hour west of here, they do one. Mm-hmm. Travel down to Connecticut, they do one, and then hop. Mm. So it changes up the dances a little bit. So as someone who likes to travel and dance, I always recommend, if you know the dance, watch a wall first. Make sure it's the version of that dance that you know. You yourself choreographed a wonderful dance called K is for Kicks, the song by Portugal the Man. In this area, a choreographer named Todd Scarbo also wrote to that dance. They're similar dances, but they're also very different dances and moves. Um, he has arm motions, which you don't actually have in yours, so it adds to the dynamic differently. Again, both great dances. Both great songs, or the same song, but both great dances, just interpretation of it. It's certainly an exciting time here at the Boston Lion Dance Showdown. For during this interview, we have uh, folks who are coming and going and determining where they will go next from this event. We've got folks from all walks of life, shapes and sizes, and ages from countries. Countries that. Uh, you know, we might not 
we might not get to see all the time. We've got Roy and Fiona coming here just down the hallway. And it looks like some of the folks might be moving to, uh, to other locations. And uh, hopefully we'll see them in the next couple hours as everyone makes their way where they end up. All right. So, yeah, I, I definitely resonate with what you're saying regarding the different versions. Slap in Leather is one dance that uh, in Northern California has six counts for all the slaps. And in Southern California, it's eight counts. You do an extra two slaps. And that can be disorienting if you don't know which one you're doing. Correct. Correct. In, in a way, it's kind of a humbling experience. It's, it, it's one of those like positive silver linings to you know, a difference in the dance is you realize that whatever you knew from back home isn't the way things are done yes. everywhere in the world. Correct. And learning that by example through dance, you start opening your mind to what else you think you know that others think they know differently. <laughs> Which is, which is actually exciting, and interestingly enough, as you speak on that exact dance, have you ever looked up the step sheet? For slapping leather? Yes. I've looked up a couple different versions of the step sheet. <laughs> One of the comments that's always stuck with me on the step sheet for slapping leather is, there's a little sub-note with an asterisk that says, this is the most variated dance that exists. Mm. Because if you do it one way in Chicago, you do it another way, West Coast, East Coast, Southwest, um, obviously not Texas because there's not a lot of real line, well I shouldn't say real line dancing, but there's not a lot of areas where there is line dancing done in what most people assume to be where it should be king. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard there aren't many uh, line dance venues in Nashville either. Like It's so well known for country music and yet country line dance, not so much. Yeah, well and again, Nashville being a music city, Mm -hmm. um, you would think there might be the little interaction. It's just really not. And yet, even though there have been people have come out in their releases, uh, specifically thinking Laura Bell Bundy mm-hmm. has the song Two Step, and they made a nice little beginner, beginner dance to it, which is a lot of fun to do. And as we were talking about variations, something you can mix in. They have the Wild Horse Saloon. Um, myself, being a little bit older than you, can remember the Nashville Network. Mm. Barry and Darian Amato used to be instructors and you would watch them on there. As I was talking about the Cape Cod Classic, come to find out all those years later from being a young teenager, um, they were the instructors on that show, and here I was taking two-step lessons from them at a workshop. It was a very exciting time. Uh, We have a local regional instructor, Michelle Jackson-White, who was home from Nashville this weekend. She just moved with her husband, newlyweds, and she just got hired at one of the local bars to be a line dance instructor. They don't reach for um, competition level dances, obviously. It's going to be 16, 24, 32 counts. Something that the people can, again, come in, do, have a good time, enjoy whoever's performing in the venue, and hopefully keep them there for the rest of the evening or spend some time in the city. Having talked with Max Perry a couple years ago, he mentioned a couple of what you might consider cheat codes for dances that just really seem to to appeal to wide masses. Uh, Are there any, without revealing quite yet what those are, uh, are there any common traits that you've noticed among dances that grip the imagination of the absolute beginner things that make them look at that and say that looks like a good time i'm gonna i'm gonna try that because i want that in my body i want to feel what they're feeling when they're doing xyz in the dance i guess 
and I don't know why, but in my mind, the first thing is to think about is what you don't want mm. in that dance. Interesting. And I think you either want to not have any full spins, mm-hmm. or uh, if there are step pivot, step pivot, you go all the way around, but you get there in a not rapid manner to cause dizziness because obviously someone walking in is not going to know about spotting mm-hmm. or centering themselves. And again, as we were talking about Nashville, uh, they may have some li- liquid encouragement going on, and True. therefore that can affect their balance and mm-hmm. equilibrium. Um, I think again, it's you're looking f- for a dance that hits, mm-hmm. and by that, what I means is if there's a, a solid downbeat, you're stepping, you're stomping, you're moving, uh, any kind of sway or rhythmic movement. Um, you'll feel it, you'll hear it at the same time mm-hmm. in the music. Again, avoiding those spins. Mm-hmm. Are there any dances that you've seen in the all request rooms that you especially enjoy watching for either the basic choreography or the way that the choreography is added to with variations in flair? You know, and that's such a, a subjective question. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked in the uh, movie rental business, and yes, that's how far I'm going back here. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've always said is when someone comes in and asks you for a funny movie, mm-hmm. ask them what the last movie they watched was that was funny. Mm-hmm. Lots of people, are you a, a heady comedy where it's a thinking man's thing, or are you looking for slapstick? Mm-hmm. And that's, re- that's really what it comes down to is, is what it feels for you. I know for myself, there's dances like um, uh, Payphone, uh, Fairy Tales and Love Songs by Guyton Monday, one of my absolute favorite dances, just based on how that dance flows. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Will Craig and Amy Glass Bailey with Mirrors. Genius concept. And the flow of the dance, the performance of the dance, how it moves. There's dances that move, move us. Uh, John Lieberman and Jason... Takahashi? Yes, from uh, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, their dance that they competed with at Atlanta last year was one that actually brought me to tears. Oh, yeah, Best Mistakes did very yes. well this past year. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ms. Rodelai uh, debuted at our event this weekend, a dance that... I'm not going to remember the name to, but yet that lyrically touched so many people that other choreographers not just learned to dance, but came out of the class emotional based on how they were moved by it. Mm-hmm. So when I say subjective, it's it's what you feel. And there's there's great dance. You talk about slapping leather. Now here's a dance. Some people just do straight, and some people get up in the air mm-hmm. for a, a big jump and uh, enjoy... Uh, that and then others based on their own physical limitations um, what they're able to do uh, can't or won't jump because they need to watch out for ankles, knees uh, feet, that kind of thing Um, still fun to watch still fun to do you just make it so it's safe for you and others as you do it our event director, Jason Cameron, was one of the choreographers of Wild Wild West. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to watch how different people do it and where they put in variations and what the variations are, especially with the gunshot. Mm-hmm. There's a, a Musically, there's a gunshot in the song. And you watch people will draw on each other or shoot at each other. People like to do the splits and hit the ground, so it's like they're dodging the bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, 
course, every once in a while you find someone who's flexible and does the uh, matrix move like they're getting out of the way. So Roy do that. Yeah. Yes. I was out in the other ballroom, so I didn't see him do that. But again, it's just one of those things that makes it quite enjoyable. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I think uh, that was one of the things that sold the dance for Megan and myself when we first saw okay. it, was watching uh, Darren and Fred drawing on each other in a video yes. online. And that is actually what you were saying about that. And um, as someone like yourself who watches YouTube videos of people dancing and doing the dances that we know, that we don't know, that while well, I've heard about this one and follow it, uh, Rob Fowler, formerly of Masters Online and now just... Uh, everywhere internationally uh, on his own teaching choreographed many years ago a dance called The Beast mm-hmm. and if you watch there's a video from two years ago at the Crystal Boot Awards mm-hmm. and it almost seemed like it was a challenge where they wanted to throw down on him and you have Pedro Machado and you have uh, Roy um, Harbasaro who was here this weekend and just several other top tier dancers breaking out the most craziest and wildest variations they can bring out but for me one of the greatest videos is uh, took place in Denmark I believe oh with all the young folks I and Raymond Charlemagne uh, yeah is, is in that video little did I realize that was him he was at this event two years ago and getting to meet him mm-hmm. and as we were chatting at the door um, checking wristbands for participants that was something that came up and he says oh yeah that was me mm-hmm. and I was like dude I love that you get so enthused you're so excited and again for me you asked about going to these dances with my physical limitations mm-hmm. it's that joy mm-hmm. it's that thing that fills you it's just um, the excitement the, the, well, and again music fills your soul music is the heartbeat of people dancing is the expression of the music Hmm. and it's what a person brings to it as again being a choreographer yourself talking to the choir here it's it's interesting that you mentioned the beast specifically because it was Roy dancing the beast at a wine country line dance workshop that and I think Megan would agree with me on this that uh, really gave us permission for the first time to play with a dance to the point that it nearly breaks. And we saw him do something different on every wall. Yes. Just live, in person, spontaneously. And to like try to understand a mind like that for music and nuance and lyrics and rhythm and all that, that made us think we could we could do anything with any of these dances. Why haven't we? Yes. Yes. And then we we you know, started doing more research online of these other videos like the like the Denmark video. Fiona's in that one. I think um, Jonas is in that as yes. well. People that we didn't even start to recognize until you know you check back on that same video three months later. It's like oh I know that person. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You have no idea they're just in the background before, but now they like pop up to mind. Yes. Uh, and that Beast video was like one. Of, yeah. Anytime a line dance video goes, as they say, viral, it's very exciting. Yes. So people can see that yep. as the representation of line dance these days as opposed to whatever they think it is from however many years ago. Your, your thumbs are not hooked on, into your belt loops and mm-hmm. uh, your elbows are not sticking out like chicken wings. Not and spitting on the floor. No, yeah. no. Um, and I absolutely agree with that. Um, as you know, I'm not a slight person mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. 
And so for me, walking into situations several times where I'm out on a dance floor, people give me a funny look like, what's going on here? Mm. Um, I've been accused of being a drunk who just wandered in off the street. Oh, my. And then the dance comes on, and then I'm out there. And then it's like, oh, wait, he knows what he's doing. He's, And again, the whole variation... As I was saying earlier about starting out in your basics, you can do your variations because you know where you need to be. Mm-hmm. You know where you're starting from. You know your ending point. How you get there, the joy is in the journey. Mm-hmm. And so it's very much that way of do I do a side body roll? Do I, need, you know, do I spin? Do I do a step over? How do I arrive at that point? Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I've always uh, felt with and interestingly enough just talking with Roy a few moments ago um, I'm a big fan of the wobble Mm. and I have been a fan of the wobble since I learned it and if you want to get people angry play the wobble Mm. and all these people will say why are you playing that why would you do that these are experienced dancers again talking about the Crystal Blue Awards it was Sunday afternoon um, which the difference in uh, European events is they dance through um, and go into Monday mornings, uh, which is very different from over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a little girl who went up to the director of the Line Dance Foundation, I believe, and she said to her she wanted to do the wobble. And again, as you're, you're grinning, you're knowing where, kind of where this is going, and you're saying, oh my goodness, I hope somebody went out and danced with her. And they did. And so you have Simon Ward, Rachel McEnany, all these top names, legends, Hall of Famers doing the wobble. And here is the growth, here is the excitement, because if you're bored with the wobble, you're not doing enough with it. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, such a beginner basic dance that you know what you can and can't do with it. Mm-hmm. There's one interview that we cite frequently as one that has been uh, very, uh, I don't know if you'd use the word formative, but uh, influential in Megan and my thinking. And it's one that we did with Max Walcott, a social dancer in Reno, Nevada. And he said that he doesn't think about advanced dancers as those who know advanced dances. He thinks of them as the people who do electric slide and make it amazing yes. because if they're bored with it it's their fault as he puts yes. it yes and uh, if you're able to just learn steps and mimic the steps and execute yeah. the steps that's yeah. that's fine I mean it's very difficult to do Speechless by Tom Mickers so if you're yes. able to do that like wow that's, yes. that's very impressive but if you can like late night at uh, Vegas this past year Shane and Maddie were doing the wobble. And again, like, like I was saying with Roy, every wall was different. Yes. They came up with something original and, and spontaneous and played off each other, played off the music, played off the lyrics every time. And just, again, to have that kind of mind. Right. Uh, it, 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 it's very special when you see it. It is. It is. And in in, like you're saying about they played off of each other, when you have those people that your family with, and your friends with sometimes there's a intuitiveness about where they're going what are they looking at what do you think they're going to do um going back to our wild west are they going to draw or are they going to duck so that not everybody is drawing not everybody is ducking 
where are they going with it. It's all kinds of creative things like that. Um, I believe it was in Palm Springs. There is a, just uh, speaking of viral videos, John Robinson doing Dangerous, mm-hmm. and we talk about line dancing and being in lines. And as long as we're not interfering with other people's dancing and making things risky, uh, there is a little bit of latitude in your traveling. And if you watch him in that dance, he goes from one corner to the other and back again. And even though there's people of a more basic dancing ability, they play right along with him. And he never does anything to make them feel uncomfortable. And he's just having a good time, which... Isn't that why we're dancing anyways? Yep. So that's the, um, really just how I see that as coming across. And again, knowing John for several years, he was at the first event that I was ever at. Mm -hmm. So seeing him and hearing him and watching his teachings throughout the years. I was thinking just recently at this event... (laughs) It's the second time that they play a dance that can be the most exciting. Because the first time, you, you go into the same variations that you've yes. done at every other event. Yeah. Because you know it feels good and you like yes. it how it, how, it's ha- how it happens there. It's the second time that you think, oh, I can't do that again. Yes. Everyone, everyone's already seen that. You challenge yourself. Exactly. So then you play yeah. with it differently and you discover new things. You get yeah. to explore and, and play further than you've gone before. I see that uh, they're starting to break down the set here somewhat. They're, uh, they're changing out tablecloths. They're moving things around. So I, I guess I have a few more questions sure, for you. Right uh, one, what's a way that people can contact you if they needed to get a hold of you or ask you follow-up questions? Um, I'm on Facebook, obviously. Um, you can also contact me through email at B-U-H-L-E-W-0-1 at AOL.com. Mm-hmm. And yes, that is the phonetics, hooked-on phonics spelling of below big Disney fan um, and of course he was a dancing bear so um, e- either way of those and questions or email you know anything that may be wondering okay and I, I guess I'll just send all of these questions to you all at once and you can take them in any order that you have answers Alex I'd like to take the third part first and answer the second question fourth <laughs> uh, one question <laughs> having seen line dance change as much as you have where do you see it going or where do you hope that it goes? So there's that question. Uh, also, if there's a, a message that you would like to convey to all of line dance, all the people out there, something you'd like us to think about, maybe try out in our own lives, um, something that you'd just like to impart to us, something to get into our heads, um, what message would that be? So you've got the future, you've got a message, um, and also just you know nuts and bolts, what classics, if you could bullet point some classics for us that... Uh, you really get excited about when they randomly put it on um, late at night. What's something we should revive and teach in our home classes so that we can bust it out at the next event? Um, and after that, I've got another secret question. Oh, okay. Um, this just in on the studio phones. Um, wow, I guess in the future, it's such a tough call. Just simply, if you watch dancing and you watch, I know in Europe they have what's called New Line mm. dancing. And New Line is kind of like a lot of our advanced dances that are maybe more lyrical, things that have an um, come in phrased expressions. And so they're not a straight 24 counts, no tags, no restarts, here we go. And um, 
then there are those that that's what they enjoy. I know I struggle going back and forth being such a music person. Um, the enjoyment that I get from so many different styles of music, yet does this song lend itself to being a line dance? Yeah. And what is a line dance? Mm-hmm. Tough, tough thing to define because it means something different to me. It means something different to somebody across the pond overseas, whether that be England, uh, Denmark, or all the way over in Australia, uh, the Orient, all the different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, so to say where is it going, I don't know. Yeah. Um, we have a great choreography competition in the USLDC, so we get to see the creativity, and there's things I don't think, um, having seen our finals from this weekend, I don't think anyone could have expected, predicted, or know that David Ackerman was going to bring out the dance that he did. Oh my, that was something, yeah. The, the energy and the lift that comes from that, and again, music, dancing, it moves your soul. And it's just such such a change in everybody's, and that's again with the number of dances that have come from the movie, uh, The Greatest Showman. We've seen just people just really expressing themselves and digging deep, and people that might not be able to do the dance now are picking it up, and they'll they'll take the class, and they'll take the class two, three, four times just to be able to get a base for it and grow and learn from it. Mm-hmm. Again, starting with your basic dances and then just keep challenging yourself to move on. Uh, when you say words, words of advice... Well, like, let's say if it were on a giant billboard. If everyone in line dance were driving down the freeway of dance, and they look up and they see that billboard and they just kind of chew on that a minute. What would you want them to be thinking about? For myself... Uh, I'm going to cheat and come off of a t-shirt slogan. Go for it. Uh, Jamie Marshall, I want to say in 2002 or three, had t-shirts that said, my heart doesn't care about the music, it just wants to dance. Um, I believe, uh, personally, some words that I won't be able to quote um, that Kate Sala gave uh, in conversation with several people were about in all things, dance. We dance when we're happy. We dance when we're sad. We dance to change one of those. We want to bring ourselves from a low place to a high place. There's just really not much better than dancing to do that for you, to change where you are and bring bring about that change. As for reviving dances, I'm not even going to try to answer that. Really? You may feel it's a little unfair, but again, as we're talking about dances here, there's probably a listener who's never heard of The Beast. Mm. The Beast has been around for 20 years. And it it may have had a slight revival, but it's also done every week at other places. Mm -hmm. And I think that really lies in the key. I read in the Line Dance newsletter about, we need to bring this dance back. Mm. This needs to come back. And I'm sitting there going, we dance it every single week in our class. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a revival for something that we just still do. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, as a DJ, I'm always looking for different music, a different song. How is that going to change the flavor of the dance? Mm-hmm. Very nice beginner dance. Any, almost anyone can do it once they learn it. It's called Asi. Oh, yeah. Thanks to Rita Macer. Great Latin song. Great movement. Hang on a second. 
lets you shake in my head. Huh. Changes the dynamic of the dance, changes how it goes. It's not a long intro. You push play, you give it a second, and you're dancing, and it's just different. And again, that's the kind of thing that I look at or look for is to change things up and just to give it a little flavor. And then what you can find is later on, well, I want to go back to the song that it was choreographed to, and you feel the warmth, the comfort of that, of how you understand you wrote this you wrote this dance, or as I'm pointing at you on the radio, mm. you wrote this dance, or it was written by this person for a reason. Mm. I think another great example would be Scott Levin's Hat Fungo Mad. Mm-hmm. And how many songs off the top of your head can you name that it goes to, mm. besides the song that it was written to, which is in the opening credits of a movie? Mm. It's just one of those dynamics, and it different songs change the feel they change the flow it's the same dance it's the same steps um, again I'm a believer you don't change the dance to get there um, probably I would stop if you had to do a restart no one's gonna die over it and the choreographer would probably accept it but if you have to do restarts tags drop something out spin around touch your nose it's too much mm-hmm. you know, and you're changing the original dance and the feeling that they were going for. Mm-hmm. So that being said is why I won't say what should be revived. I've got my stuff that I like. Um, I guess if afraid that you're going to ask this, so I'll tell you mm-hmm. um, two dances that are on my list of loves. Um, and the first one would be New World, New World Cha, written by Haley Wheatley out of England. Um, it's so adaptive. Again, because if you pretty much any dance you put the word cha into... <laughs> you know where you're going with this um, and she happened to write it uh, with her daughter to a uh, country version of a Disney song mm. so again being a Disney fan I'm sold you got me I'm there um, the other one and I'm not going to know the choreographer as many times as I've tried to find the step sheet for it the song called Scooby Snacks mm. and it goes to uh, the girl on TV by uh, LFO um, no, I was not a fan of them as a boy band back in the day. Yeah. And it, I learned it from Louis St. George. Wow. And a lot of people don't know that Louis is actually a great instructor. Hmm. Um, and he may hurt me for dropping that out there and letting people know that he is. Okay. But he will admit that he's just a DJ who knows dances. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard him call some steps for, uh, for some of the classics that people seem to have forgotten. Yeah. Before the shows start, you know, he'll he'll help people through My Maria or whatnot. Yes, yeah, yeah, and we'll never accuse him of being anyone's conscience because that's no good for anybody. But mm. yeah, Louis and Louis is actually a very very helpful guy. Mm. Love him. I agree. Okay, well, I guess to since, since you you um, have answered this question in, in your own interesting and informative <laughs> way. Um, what would you recommend for folks specifically, such as Megan and myself, yeah. to learn to help complete our knowledge of the dance culture that has been created over the last 20 years? For example, have fun, go mad, poetry, motion, gotta learn those oh, okay. staples. You know? Sure. What else should we know so that if we ever had to lead somebody through it, um, it, it would be a worthy dance to keep around forever? Dizzy, for example, cruising. You know, the ones that you're just going to see and should continue to see, yeah. even if they're played every week, uh, the ones that we hope we never lose. 
interesting question, mm. especially again because now we hit um, subjectiveness of what do we love, what do we, and you would happen to mention the dance Dizzy, mm. love Joe Thompson. I'm not going to even try to pretend that you know this is something that I'm working against. I just could never do it, and is not trying to be a, a sarcastic in this. I always got too dizzy to complete the dance. I could never keep my balance long enough to make it all the way through the dance. Um, there's a lot of dances that, that fit into this category. Uh, one of my one of my personal favorites, and the story behind it is uh, "Come Dance with Me," and it's a beautiful dance. And there's these great scissor steps, and it flows. And talking about when you when you asked me about. Um, the feeling of how the dances go and what do I like to watch. I love to watch it because you see that reaction from people. when that, It's not technically a sweep, it's a turn, but even I was taught probably after my third time doing it, just sticking your foot out a little bit to make it a sweep. Mm, at the end, flows. into the next wall? Yes, yeah. yeah, flows. Just gives you that, ah, um, and yet, here we have, we're very active here with the Soul Line Dancers, and they bring out this song by Tamiya that goes to it, and it just makes it funky, and it's still a great dance, and it's a lot of fun. So, dances that can be adapted for different kinds of music, right. um, a huge fan of. Um, if you are attending a JC Dance Productions event, I do recommend learning Wild Wild West. Yep. Um, it's always helpful when you're attending an event that if the event directors wrote a dance that you know that dance it usually gets played since they signed the DJ's paychecks mm -hmm. um, Levels by Will Craig at Big Bang Yep as well as Mirrors I know people ask for a lot mm -hmm. um, Quick story on the side with that one uh, was at a holiday workshop that Will was at and I was DJing for uh, Steve Lascarbo who runs Line Dancers Spring Break and they said hey this lady's coming for will you play Holy and the whole reason was her goal or her dream had always been, since she learned to dance, to dance it next to Will and be right there with them. Um, again, like you say, you and Megan have a chance to spend time with Roy and talk with, and especially this podcast, which is wonderful, learning about from the different instructors and how they view dancing and where it's going and what it is, um, the different flavors and um, how it's going to be that you get that um, it's not a groupy sensation I don't want to classify it as that um, but a lot of times we're so enthralled we're so wrapped up in this dance and what it means to us and how it feels whether it's uh, again peppy like uh, fairy tales and love songs which I adore or whether it's a classic movement dance uh, something a little slower like you said poetry in motion how it changes when you get that opportunity to be with the choreographer on the floor. Uh, a great song um, by uh, Sade, um, and now of course I'm going to blank on it because I can't type it into my laptop as I'm mm -hmm. talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, and the dance is by Kathy Hanyati, Max Perry's uh, friend. Uh, but Kathy Hanyati choreographed, and that's how I met Jen, was in that class. Mm. And that song is just one that flows, and you move, and it just goes, and it just takes you somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times, as we talk about David's dance, when your heart, when your soul, when your spirit is moved, lifted, taken somewhere by the music, by the dance, there you are. Um, 
let me just cap that and I'm not speaking from personal experience because again my limitations um, but the dance pieces mm-hmm. um, to hear so many people thank Dustin compliment, I'm sorry Dustin Betts yes. uh, to thank him to express their gratitude to him to just tell him that he had written a dance that the feel of it the expressiveness of it brought them what they could never come up with on their own mm-hmm. to express the joy the passion they have for dancing mm. alright well one final question yes sir super easy one after all the other ones that I've asked you seven okay <laughs> What dance, I guess it's called seven, uh, what dance would you recommend everyone go out and learn right now? Uh, Rhoda Lai's newest dance to Justin Timberlake's Man in the Woods. Oh, yes. Because the song not just hits, it moves, and there's some, in the traditional country that we talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. there's some motions that look like you're going for the belt buckles or touching your hat, Mm -hmm. and it just flows into that dance so well, but it's so fun, and it's great to do. That was Man of the Woods? Man Man of the Woods. Man of the Woods. Also, to give her credit where credit is due, you mentioned another dance by her earlier. Would it by chance have been titled Bring Me the Night? The one that you said was a a very emotional experience for people? Yes. Yeah. So Bring Me the Night was the one you mentioned earlier, and both of these are by Rodalai. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you so much, Big Jim, for taking the time and chatting with with, uh, myself here on the Line Dance Podcast. Thank Uh, you for asking me. Until next time, I will see you on the dance floor.